0: Hello. My guest today is Amel. She's the daughter of a diplomat and grew up in different countries. As an adult, she wanted to settle somewhere, but, well, she fell in love with a diplomat. She wanted a career, but how can you have one when you move regularly as a trailing spouse? So very early on, I started becoming obsessed about how
1: to make sure that my business is location independent and doesn't depend on any country where I
0: live. She often felt lonely in her struggle to find the right solution for her. And sometimes it was even taboo to talk about careers among spouses. In the end, she managed to create a portable business. And now, she helps others through this process.
1: For me, a portable business, is an amazing way to create the lifestyle you want and to be able to go through any type of transition, not just the geographical transition, but life transition.
0: So... Are you ready to listen to her? Amel, welcome to my podcast.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so grateful and happy to be here.
0: I'm super happy. Too, because I, I know you have a lot of things you can teach us about your own experience, and how oh, you found solutions for yourself, and you are helping others now. So I'm just gonna make a small introduction about you. So you are an Algerian diplomat's daughter, and you were born in India. And as a child, you lived in Uganda, Serbia, France. So you you are what we usually call a third culture kid. Correct. And then you finished your studies in Arizona and went back to France to pursue your career in advertising. At that point, it seems, correct me if I'm wrong, you really wanted to settle down and uh, you said to your parents, I quote you, (laughs) I won't won't travel again, I will never give up on my career for a man. But as we all know... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> life often played tricks and yeah. one day you went to visit your parents who at that time lived in iran and now i'm gonna leave you go on with your story
1: oh wow thank you so much for this you've done some
0: great research
1: <laughs> thank you so much again and uh, hello to those who are listening to us so yeah once i went to visit my parents in iran that's when i the first night i met with who would very soon after become my husband. So I met with Michael and uh, we just knew that it was the right person right away. And I immediately knew he also, but I was really not ready to give up my career for him. But ultimately I did because we did go through all the options. We, we made a bet. The first one who would find a job for the other one, the other one would quit and move. But he kind of tricked me a little bit because... I went for an interview, it all sounded great, but it turned out to be a good friend of his, and it was not really a job. But I think that at that point, I was already ready to kind of move, and uh, it was not such a big deal. And I always wanted to start my business, and I was like, okay, this is gonna be my opportunity. And I knew that I was not gonna be able to find a career what kind of life is it going to be to have to always find a job every time we move from a country to another. I knew by experiencing my family moving our whole life that this was not going to be an option. And I know how the advertising industry works. If you don't battle through the channel all the way up, you know, you have to start all over from scratch. So this was something I did not want to do to start over from scratch from a country to another. And that's when I said, okay, let me just start my business when we move to Iran. And I'll start, doing the same thing I do for my company. I'll do it as an independent consultant. So that's how it's all started. But sooner or later, I discovered it's not going to be that simple, <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, so we got married a year after I moved to Iran. And I started having clients, and it was really nice. But there's two things, basically, that started to trigger me very early on. The first one was that I realized... Once I leave in Iran, I'll have to start again from scratch too. So that's not going to be sustainable either, even as a business. So very early on, I started becoming obsessed about how to make sure that my business is location independent and doesn't depend on any country where I live. And I felt very lonely in this journey because all the entrepreneurs who were so gracious, who wanted to mentor me and support me, they would not understand this issue because they've always grown successful businesses in one place. And I needed to make it location-independent. And at the time, there were not as many tools as there are today. That's also something to know. But that was the first obsession that started very early on. So I started looking into solutions beyond just the Iranian market. How can I build my business that can be sustainable long-term? And the second thing was the loneliness that I felt not only among entrepreneurs, but also among other spouses like me, who were so smart, who were so dedicated to their careers until they had to give up their careers too and suddenly would feel so resentful or lose confidence and I could feel that dynamic and sometimes it was even taboo to talk about careers among spouses and and I couldn't even share my journey with them because they had given up everything and for them it was like a painful topic to talk about and ultimately some of the things that led me to take action was to see spouses who would really struggle in their relationship and sometimes stay in that relationship because they're financially dependent. And that's what just broke my heart. That was like, this is not okay. And I've been asking myself for a while, I mean, down the road. So I started my business, started figuring out how to make it portable. We moved from a country to another. We went to Austria and then we went to New York. And once we were in New York, I'm like, okay, I need to do something because everywhere I go, I meet with these spouses who are in this situation. And I didn't know quite yet what to do. But then when we arrived in New York, beginning 15, I discovered podcasting, what we're listening to now. And I fell in love with this medium. Like, oh my God, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. The podcast medium was perfect to tell the story of expat partners and inspire them to turn their challenges into opportunities, which is my motto. And uh, for me, entrepreneurship and a portable business is the way to go. So I wanted to spread this around the world to make sure that more spouses knew that there was a possibility that they didn't have to give up everything. So I started the podcast on the side of my consulting business, but a year or a year and a half down the road, I was getting really overwhelmed with managing both, to be honest with you, and I, which was a good problem to have. And I started having more and more People asking me, okay, how do you actually do that? You know, so I started doing it for free. Then I would do a couple of sessions here and there. And then I realized, okay, there's a real demand here. And I'm going to focus on developing Tandem Nomads and, and building a real framework behind it beyond just a podcast. And one thing led to another. I started developing my coaching services, my consulting services, and my online courses. So now I basically have this suite of different services that go from finding the business idea to those who already have a business. But don't make enough revenue, or those who have a business but want to take it to the next level. Down the road, things have been shifting and developing. Now I actually have more and more clients who are not necessarily expats or expat spouses, but that's still at the core of what it all started. It
0: a great resume that you gave, very clear. On I tried.
1: (laughs) It's a long story. I tried to.
0: (laughs) I was interested because I remember you said that it was difficult to make people understand the difference between portable expertise and portable business. What you mean by that? I don't know if you could say a few words on that.
1: I love that. Thank you for picking on that because this is one of the things that made me very passionate. And when I'm passionate, sometimes I can sound angry, (laughs) but I'm not angry. I'm just passionate. I was really disturbed by how we were talking about portable careers in this sphere of expats, because very often we'll talk about portable career and talk about how we can reinvent ourselves every time we go to a new country. I'm like, no, I don't (laughs) want you to reinvent yourself. And this is why people lose confidence because It's more about building up on your experiences, building up on your skill rather than starting from scratch. Finding new hobbies is great, but having to restart your career every time is not the solution. But the other thing was also to mix up a portable career with a portable source of revenue. For example, if you're a yoga teacher, you can teach yoga anywhere, but Every time you go to a new country, you'll have to find new clients. So that takes time and that doesn't create sustainable revenue. That means that every time you move, you're going to start from scratch. And that's exactly what we want to avoid doing. So for me, a portable business, even as a yoga teacher, you want to make sure that you have created a source of revenue, but also a marketing, actually a strategy that allows you to have clients who stay with you no matter where you are. And I think that's really important. So for me, that's the difference between a portable skill and a portable business. A portable skill is something you can do anywhere you go. A portable business is something that allows you to make sustainable revenue across transition.
0: I remember, I found fascinating because things we would never thought could be portable. You gave the example of a woman who, she's an interior designer. How can it be portable? I guess with covid And the fact that everybody now is on Zoom and doing all these things that help you a lot to help people with this uh, portable business, this fact that you don't need to be physically somewhere to have your business and deal with people.
1: Right. Not anymore, for sure. I remember I used to have to educate people on that. We'll talk about it maybe later. But since COVID, it's so much easier than ever before to actually make people on both sides of the business side and the consumer side be okay with consuming certain products online. Maybe we'll get back to your an initial question and then I can talk more about the shifts that are happening now. I do have a lot of amazing clients who have built really interesting businesses who technically are not supposed to be portable. So the one thing you want to make sure that your portable skill is also a portable business, but sometimes you have businesses that are not technically portable, like an interior designer has to go to your home technically to actually help you design your home, right? But when you think outside the box and thanks to technology today, you can do so many things in the case of this interior designer. What she does is that she actually consults her clients over zoom. They schedule a meeting. They have a first meeting on Zoom to explain what is the problem that they have with their house, what they want to do. And then they send her pictures and videos and the measurements of the rooms she needs to design. And then with her 3D software, she would build the design, make the atmosphere, the furniture choices, and then send those plans to the client with a list of furnitures. That they could place and where to place them and those furnitures can either be companies that are worldwide like ikea you know that's easy to find anywhere you have the same furnitures anywhere in the world or it's more like an inspirational thing where it's like okay so this is the style you want to put here and then you can find something that looks like it so you see it's not that complicated it's possible the only thing that client needs to do is to order the furnitures and, and place them in the room. But then all the thinking and the planning has been done by the interior designer. And that actually makes it much cheaper for the client and much easier for the interior designer too. So everybody wins.
0: guess you're in the middle of a huge shift now in the industry.
1: There's a couple of other issues that a portable business can solve. The first one is aging parents, being able to take care of our parents. A nine-to-five job is not allowed to do that. Moms with kids who don't want to give up on taking care of their children, but still want to do something meaningful for them and still want to earn their money. For me, a portable business, it's an amazing way to create the lifestyle you want And to be able to go through any type of transition, not just the geographical transition, but life transition. And then you want, I have another client who actually her kids are leaving the nest and she now wants to travel, but not for as an expat, but to travel in her van. So (laughs) she bought herself a van and she's traveling from a place to a third on the road. There's other people who have other needs that are more urgent, like taking care of their older parents. So I just find it amazing that for me, I just can't imagine a world without that. And we live in the perfect time for that. To come back to your own experience
0: as a child growing in diverse cultures. What were your struggles and what did you get from that experience? What do you think makes you different?
1: You know what? I don't know what would make me different because I don't know how I would be if I did not have this life. Like every country I lived in is a piece of me. I would never be able to answer the question that everybody asks me unless they're expats themselves. Which country did you prefer to live in? I just can't because it's just been part of my identity. I sucked up some of the culture of each country, which sometimes is a little bit problematic. It's a big advantage because we are so flexible. we become chameleons. On the other side, as I'm growing older, I need to learn where I stand. Because I'm always adapting to other people's needs and cultures, I had to work really hard on figuring out okay, where are my interests and values as a male? What are my non-negotiables while still respecting other people's cultures and differences? This was a learning curve and it's still a learning curve. I'm still going through that journey of figuring it out. But yeah, it's just became part of me.
0: Did your husband also grow up in different settings or he grew up in
1: one place? No, he had a total opposite lifestyle as mine. He's been raised and grown up in the same school and has his childhood friends that he still sees, although I still, I'm in touch with my childhood friends, but they're all over the world. So he had a different lifestyle, but very early on, he was attracted to travels and his parents were amazing at encouraging him at traveling very early at the age of 11 They gave him a railway ticket, you know, that European, uh, I forgot the name.
0: The European Pass.
1: Yeah, the European Pass where you can travel through Europe. And just him and his brother, who was just a few years older, they let their kids just travel on their own. I found that so courageous because they wanted their kid to discover the world. And I find that's the most beautiful gift they've given their kids. And since the age of 11, he's been always about traveling and, and discovering the world. So he chose a job that allows him to do that.
0: That's incredible. That's true. So I guess the parents were already kind of very open to other culture and the other experience. And the... Yeah,
1: it was very unique at the time.
0: So your mother had to follow your father in his different posting. So were there things where you would see your parents that you would think, I don't want this kind of life? Or
1: I don't think, I never had the feeling like, my mother was unhappy. I think I more reflected on myself. Like, would I want this for me? You see what I mean? Yes. I'm like, uh uh-uh, uh, <laughs> no, I don't want to be the wife that follows. My mom always made the best of every situation and she was very creative. And I think my entrepreneurial mindset comes from her. Wherever they would go, although she never started a business, she would always start amazing initiatives that will make a huge difference and impact and would last after her leaving. She always found a way to make an impact and have a meaningful life. But ultimately, the financial dependence was something that for me was a problem. I know that we were a different generation, but for me, it was something I just didn't want to depend financially on a man.
0: <laughs> as simple as that. <laughs> uh, and it's even much more risky when you move all the time. I know that it's a big, big problem for expat wives because if you divorce, then sometimes you are in a country, you have to live very quickly after the divorce. So you end up going back to your country with nothing.
1: After years not living in that country, which means you don't feel home anymore. And that's terrible. Yeah. So that's the reason why I said a tandem nomads, because I have seen actually couples and families broken because of that. And I was very touched by that.
0: When you were young, at certain point, you had enough of traveling and you thought, okay, I want to settle down somewhere. <laughs> Do you still have this kind of longing sometimes? Or now you're like, okay, I'm a nomad. That's who I am. And I will always be a nomad.
1: I'm still trying to figure out the answer to that question. I'm I'm still torn between, you know, if you told me I would live in one place forever, I think deep inside it would freak me out. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, I dream of a stable home. I still dream of that. And I still want to buy a home. and, And I think we're getting closer to that with time. So the ideal I think, down the road would be for me to and my husband to find a home, a house, and a place that we can always go back to, no matter where we live. I think that's the compromise that I would be happy with, and that would be perfect to satisfy both my needs of discovering the world, but still having stability somehow.
0: Yeah, having some roots somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. totally understand that. But then you would have to choose the country. <laughs> that's that yeah. maybe be a, an issue or...
1: Well, now I think my husband is Austrian. We're in Austria right now. And over time, Austria has become home for me. So I think the simplest way would be to settle in Austria. And it is a great country. But to be very vulnerable here, this is a topic that makes me very sensitive because this is an issue my mother is experiencing now. Because my father passed away a few months ago and she still doesn't know... Yeah, she just doesn't know where she's going to live. And this is hard. So I would really urge everybody who lives this life to really have a conversation as a couple and to figure that out as soon as possible. And especially as a kid, I wish we had that. Obviously financially, coming from Algeria, sometimes it's not always possible, right? To have the means to build a home in one place and live abroad at the same time. But finding a compromise is something not just for the kids, but also in this case for the partner It's something important. We were so adaptable. We never realized that our whole identity facing with this situation will be triggered. And yeah, now my mom still doesn't know where she's going to live. It's really hard.
0: That's a very important point. Mm -hmm. And it's true. If you spend your whole life abroad, it's a very important question and a very sensitive one.
1: You know, one question, I don't want to be, uh, in French, we say morose, but it's something so important that I'm willing to share it because I I wish I was having this conversation before because I never realized how important it was. That even when my father passed away, hours after, my brother, my mom, and I had to sit down and ask ourselves, where are we going to bury him? This is how deep this issue is. So it's really important if you feel like you never had those conversations in your family, I would urge you to have them, because God, um, this is the last thing you wanna talk about on top of dealing, Yeah. yeah. We even had to figure out our visa issues. We realized that because we moved so much, we needed visas to go back to our home country. So this is how complicated situations can be, you know? So don't take that lightly. If you have this lifestyle, And those who envy those who traveled (laughs) and don't know about this, this is like the depth of how it goes uh, when it becomes your lifestyle and not just a fun thing to do to travel.
0: I think it's really important to also speak about these things because as you say, you know, it's not only, what's the expression in English? Peaches and... um... Roses. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) What you just said, I think a lot of people never think about it beforehand and now you know as i grow older (laughs) i meet more and more people who are speaking even about retirement Mm. where are you gonna go for retirement yeah that's a that's a huge question
1: that's a question my parents couldn't answer and they kept postponing postponing and until it's just too late so I urge you people, if you're listening, have that conversation but with yourself, first of all, and then with your partner. And the challenging part is if the, the couple does not agree in that, I would really urge you to get help to find a compromise. Do it now before it's too late, because it will be just so painful when it's too late.
0: That's a great advice. And uh, I hope your mother can feel where she can be, that she feels fine. It makes me think a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That's fine. I've, I find it's very important. Uh, I had a, maybe a last question about you had to face different situations as a child and then when you were an adult, move to different places, which mean you know, even if you have a portable business, you begin from scratch socially. You have to meet people, find your surroundings. and So what do you think are your strengths?
1: Well, I think my, stre- my strength is to actually manage to not start from scratch. I don't know how it came about that I had that aha moment to say, no, uh, we don't have to start from scratch. And I actually moved from New York to Austria on We moved, we literally took the plane on Saturday or Sunday. And on Monday I was back to work, like nothing happened. So there was no disruption. Uh, The only disruption was that I was in an Airbnb instead of home. That's it. So I think is having cracked the code of how to make my business portable is what has made it really such a great experience now for me to be able to move from a country to another without any disruption somehow.
0: Yeah, so you have this core thing that is stable. So around that, then you can take the time to maybe meet new people and figure out your surroundings. Because you begin with the business that it's stable and it stays the same.
1: Amen. Yes, exactly. So it's some something that even my clients, when they work with me, and I love that part is when they move. It often happens that I work with people who are in the mo- middle of a transition, and and once they move, they're like. Amel, this is so good. <laughs> I don't have to start from scratch, you know, because they have to find a home, they have to put the kids to school, they have to deal all of that. But one worry they don't have anymore is, what am I going to do with myself, right? And and that is such a freeing position. And suddenly, the family looks at you differently if you know how to. By the way, if you know how to set boundaries, I think this is really important because that's another issue especially with moms that I see who are so used to giving everything to the family that their business is the last one in the chain and i think it's really important to learn how to make it a priority if you will want it to work it's really important and to take yourself seriously so that other people take you seriously mm-hmm. it's more often that we think we have to that we think that we're guilty because we're not doing xyz then the people around us who are not supporting us. And and to go back to your initial question, thanks to that, we can finally enjoy this lifestyle. We can finally, because we don't have to wonder what I'm going to do with myself, we can actually see the beauty of discovering a new country. I remember in Iran, I didn't even take the time to, to actually explore Iran because I was so obsessed about what I'm going to do with my career. And I was so worried about all the other things that I actually didn't get to enjoy that life. When we have our own thing that's stable and we don't have to reinvent ourselves, the rest is all bonus chocolate and candy. <laughs> <laughs> and then you finally get to enjoy that. So now in whatever I, I go, I don't have to meet people, but I do it because I want to, because I have fun doing it because it's interesting. And when I meet people, it doesn't have to be always a client. It can be things that are not related to business, and that's an amazing thing as well. When I started this journey, everything was like, "Oh my god, you know, is this for business?" and and I have to go networking. And of course, I take my business seriously. But as we grow and get get stable in our business, we can enjoy all the other parts of our life even better.
0: Yeah, like I, I like that because it's true here in the United States, it's a lot about networking. So it's you feel guilty if you are not doing. This kind of thing, like you have to meet people, mingle, do that all the time because you never know.
1: Right. And actually, I want to talk about something really briefly about portable business because I talk about making it location independent. I have this thing that I call the, I don't know if you heard me talk about it, the model that I use to help my client that I call the 60-40 rule, which is more about, okay, how to make sure that your business is portable, but also when you have a business that's not very portable, how to make sure to kind of find a creative way to create revenue that's location independent. And I often say that even if you have a portable business that is location independent, that does not depend on the country where you live, I recommend to actually explore in doing business locally, but without having to depend on that revenue, if you can do it, that's the thing. That's another thing in terms of visas and sometimes you can't even do that. So that's even better that you don't depend on the local country. But in terms of culture, it's very enriching to get to try to do business in other countries as well, but without the pressure of making the real money through it, but more as a venture, more as a source of fun, because you know that the rest is taken care of. So having 40% of your revenue that's local and 60% making sure that it's independent for me is a good mixture somehow.
0: Yeah, that's another great advice, I would say. It's true. You don't have to be completely one or the other. It's true that it's great also to have the local experience because, as you say, it's the chocolate candies and all the yeah. rest. <laughs> yeah. You should be able to, to enjoy uh, the fact that you are in a new culture and meet people and do things. And,
1: uh, yeah. And why, why live this life otherwise, right? If we can't experience that, those things with the local people.
0: Amel, um, thank you very much. It was very interesting to listen to you. You are very clear, your advice, everything. I think it's super helpful and good. And uh, I will put the link for your podcast also, because you have a great podcast. I don't know if you want to add something.
1: I just want to thank you for your kind words means the world to me. Really, every person that I could... Influence in a positive way just makes my day. So thank you so much for that. And for those who are listening, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I think I, I can offer you I have a free guide for those of you who are interested to build a portable business where I take you through my actually pillars and my framework. So it's free and you can go to tandemnomads.com/3c and there you can get your free workbook where I take you through the steps to make your business portable.
0: Amel, good luck. Thank you
1: so much, Valérie.
0: For your adventure, business, everything. And I hope maybe one day I can meet you physically because I think, you know, Zoom and virtual reality, it's great, but I love to meet people.
1: Me too. I'm still
0: maybe old fashioned. I like to go drink a coffee with somebody and, you know.
1: That would be lovely. Whenever you come to Vienna, let me know. It would be lovely to meet you in person.
0: <laughs> yeah. If you don't move by then.
1: Right. But I'm sure who knows, you know, the world is a small village yes. and uh, you will be surprised. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Good luck. Hein, Thank you again. Uh, Merci.
1: Okay. Goodbye.